We all have dreams. Some people seem to live theirs while others seem to struggle. This is, however, merely a perception. What if you could get the answers you needed to execute on your dreams? Welcome to the Platinum Mask Podcast, a show designed to ask various young professionals just how they deal with their specific ups and downs. How does one young upstart navigate competing with name brand companies? Where do we get the best tools? How do we grow from our stress and anxiety? Most importantly, how do we properly utilize our cash flow? The Platinum Mask Podcast with your host, Grayson Mask. We wanted answers, so we're going out to get them and sharing them with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello to everyone listening to The Platinum Mask. I am Grayson Mask. I have with me Chris Sapphire, and he's a TV and radio personality, as well as things like a social media influencer, a makeup artist. And you might notice him from, you know, uh, big projects like Netflix, The Circle, maybe NZ Live Radio, maybe the Chris Sapphire Show, or like his own personal YouTube channel where he, you know, does interviews uh, kind of like this. But yeah, honestly, this kind of conversation started because really saw him in some kind of like local blog posts and the idea of Netflix, the circle didn't pop up until, you know, I was seeing photos and I remembered him uh, from that show. So yeah, I really just kind of wanted to have the conversation on kind of what it's like being, you know, a media personality and kind of some of the maybe struggles and the benefits that come with it. So yeah, I wanted to, you know, thank you again, Chris, for, you know, coming on the podcast and kind of explaining, you know, what you do as a uh, media and radio personality. Oh my gosh, honey. No, thank you so much for having me. I feel like we are on PBS and we're about to have the almighty Larry King chat. (laughs) No, you know, it has been, I want to start off first by saying thank you. And definitely for all the listeners out there, it has been quite the journey. I can't wait to write a book one day and share my entire journey in detail. But let's just say I am a modern day Forrest Gump. (laughs) Well, I guess with the Forrest Gump store, we got to, you know, start from the uh, very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, I kind of uh, when I was kind of reading on, you know, some features with you on kind of, uh, you know, your upstart, I was kind of seeing, uh, you know, in a childhood that you're going to things like Booker T. Washington High School Mm -hmm. and you're kind of looking into uh, visual arts and performing arts when you're there. And I was kind of wondering, like, you know, at early age, did you have a specific vision for, you know, uh, being a media personality or just, did you kind of just decide like you just wanted to be overall in media on all platforms? Well, what happened with me is as a child, I watched the movie Sister Act 2. And there is a scene where Whoopi Goldberg is opening up in Las Vegas and her show is everything. And I recall being a kid replaying that scene over and over and over again in my living room. And something about that scene spoke to my spirit. And I said, I want to grow up to be Dolores Van Cartier. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I knew in that moment that show business was for me in some way, somehow, I was going to get into that world. Well, in elementary school, I ended up becoming part of the theater cluster in first grade. And I remember they threw me on stage and my very first performance was me playing an egg. And I was dancing on stage as a freaking egg. And honey, I was the almighty egg. And all my elementary life, I spent it in theater. Middle school, I was in theater. 
but something very interesting happened to me while in middle school. And I went to Griner uh, Exploratory Arts Academy in Oak Cliff. I was taking a journalism class from seventh to eighth grade. And in that class, my teacher, I recall her, Miss, um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of her name right now because I'm so on the spot. She was like, Chris, you definitely have this something and I want to help cultivate it. Well, in eighth grade, Miss Rogers, thank you, Miss Rogers. Your spirit just told me your name, Miss Rogers. <laughs> in eighth grade, Miss Rogers, unbeknownst to me, signed me up for a journalism competition at the University of North Texas. No, I'm sorry, the University of Texas in Arlington. It was me and two girls. Well, I said, well, there's no turning back now. I'm in this competition. And mind you, this was an all college level competition for media. Well, I ended up participating in the radio part of the competition. And at the end of the day, I won. <laughs> I beat out all the college kids with just me randomly creating a story, delivering the story, being live on the spot, recording it and having it played to people in the industry. And they chose me as the winner. I remember we had to be escorted out because the college kids were so pissed that I had won. They thought maybe it was rigged and they gave it to somebody younger. But mind you, no, it was not rigged. <laughs> Well, after middle school, I go to Booker T, honey. And in Booker T, I decided I'd give it a whirl to try something else that I could do. And I was blessed to be able to know how to paint and draw. And I wanted to cultivate that and make it better. So I ended up going to the visual arts cluster at Booker T and didn't do theater. I spent all those years there drawing and painting. And then when I left after two years into that school, I went to Sunset and caught up on all my grades and uh, graduated early with the GED, which is a long, long other story for the book. <laughs> and now it was time to go out into the real world. And when I got out into the real world, I had remembered that I love painting. I love drawing. I love makeup. I was gayer than a rainbow. And I said, you know what? I'm going to use my artistic skills and paint on people's faces. So I became a makeup artist, but I wasn't just going to jump into the world. I had to learn how to do it correctly. So I went and signed up to a cosmetology school, honey, learned all that I needed to learn, hygiene, makeup, all that, and started my career. Well, as I'm doing makeup out in the world on models, runway shows, magazines, everything, everything started taking off so fast. And in those days, MySpace was really popular, you guys. And I recall a lot of the photographers that I was working for ended up coming to me at the end of our sessions. And they're like, you know what? We want you in front of the camera. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I'm not even model material. But they wanted to take photos of me because of how I looked in those days with the lipstick and eyeshadow and the long hair. I was very androgynous. And so I started doing that and posting my pictures up on MySpace. And traffic just started growing because of my look. And then... It started growing even more because people really liked what I had to say in my status updates and the way that I just wrote things. Mm -hmm. And a whole other, a lot of other puzzle pieces played into the success of what was happening for me on MySpace, like meeting Danny Noriega from American Idol at that day, in those days when he was at his height of popularity on that show. And now he's adored Delano. Everybody knows him from Drag Race. And he helped to really find my voice, so to speak. And so I thought one day when I ran into this casting call online for a radio show called MZ Live, I thought, you know what? People really seem to want to hear more of what I have to say. Maybe I should try this radio thing out. So I went for the audition, ended up getting the part instantly. 
and mm. spent many years doing that and interviewing celebrities of all walks of life, legendary ones, all types of folks. And it really helped me grow as whatever I was becoming. <laughs> and after that, after many years of doing that, I started a YouTube show, uh, ended up getting picked up with my YouTube show by the World of Wonder people one day when they wanted to find content creators for their new network on WOW. Uh, but in the midst of doing that, I wasn't really giving it my all until three uh, three to four months of working medical billing on the side with my best friend. Mm -hmm. I got tired of doing medical billing. I felt like there was a different calling for my life. And I told my friend, I said, you know what? I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go work on this YouTube channel and this contract I just landed with. Wow. And I'm going to make this show so freaking good, bitch, <laughs> that I'm going to land me a TV gig. <laughs> and just the way I said it, honeys, who are listening, is exactly how it went down. I took my big ass to my house, started working on my show. The Chris Sapphire Show was pumping out content, giving it all the energy, the green screen, the bells and the whistles. And one morning I wake up to an email from the CW Network. Hi, we've run into your show online. We were wondering if you'd be interested in doing television. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, look at God, honey. Look at God. The prayer was being answered. I went to the audition. I nailed the audition. And they set the date for the day that I would show up and do a live TV spot on National Morning News. Mind you, the show, the eye opener on CW was their version of Good Morning America. And it was syndicated around, I think, maybe nine or ten cities around the country. Big cities, too. Not little podunk cities. <laughs> and so I showed up. The morning of my spot, five, four, three, two, one, in action. And honey, there was no turning back. My first time on live TV to that level. And uh, it went well. It went very well by the grace of God. I wrapped up. I went home. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming. We had a great time. That was lovely. When I get home, the phone rings. It was the production people. We loved it so much. We were wondering if you want to do this for the rest of the year. <laughs> I said, honey, I'll be there. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to college for any of these things, you guys. I got out of high school with a GED. I had a dream. I had a lot of faith. I had a hope. I had hope. I still do. And somehow as life continued, I kept getting clues from God that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. When I started doing the morning show on the news, um, not only was I doing a weekly spot talking about celebrities, one week some of the main anchors were gone and the production people were like, Chris, can you come in and fill in? So now I was on the main desk on live TV around the country anchoring the news. Mm -hmm. How in the world did this happen? It happened by the grace of God. <laughs> faith is a big part of me. You know, I've discovered uh, faith that came to me at 14 years old when I was going through really bad depression, anxiety, even uh, contemplating suicide. And when God came to me and I started studying it, it gave me a lot of courage, a lot of strength and a lot of confidence. And it's that confidence in what he says is possible, not in what I think is possible, what he says is possible through his power. They gave me the strength to do these things that otherwise would have been really scary to a lot of people. I showed up to that morning studio and I prayed in the parking lot and I went and did my spot and it went very, very well. Well, after a year, the show ended and I thought, well, God, you brought me this far. 
I know you got something else up your sleeve. Well, honey, the phone ends up ringing. My good Judy, the iconic Miss Alyssa Edwards from RuPaul's Drag Race calls me. She says, bitch, I got a new show on Netflix coming out called Dancing Queen. She got her own reality show on Netflix. And me and her had been friends since I was 18. And she's like, I want you to come be on it. And I said, I'll be there, bitch. And so after a year doing morning news, now I was thrust into the world of reality TV thanks to Alyssa Edwards. We do the show. It ends up being a worldwide hit. The kids are living. The children are gagging. And after, you know, things started simmering down, one day I'm in Oak Cliff at my aunt's house. I get a phone call and it's a Miss Alyssa calling. Girl, there is a brand new show called The Circle. They're looking for people. And uh, one of the casting folks, I just talked to them. I think you'd be perfect for this yet because you've been on social media your whole life. Um, They're calling you in 20 minutes. Bye. I said, what the fuck? The phone rang in 20 minutes. I took the call. And honey, the rest is freaking history. I end up getting the gig after the longest audition process of my entire career in life. And... Now we are here. Season three has finished the circle. It has been greenlit for, I want to say, three more seasons. And I am just so thankful, so grateful and overwhelmed that Netflix has called me back to host a show that I just wrapped with them called Extra Circle for Netflix. It's my first time hosting alone for a major, major media network like, like them. And so to sum up this whole long ass story... Did I plan on being a media personality? Not really. I wanted to be Dolores Van Cartier performing in Vegas. (laughs) But somehow God, from middle school all the way through adulthood, kept guiding me into this realm. And now that I'm out into the world at this level, I feel in my heart that God has made it very clear that this is exactly what I should be doing Media, radio, television, bringing about joy to people and laughter and the only way that I know how and mixing faith into the equation because that is the spine and the backbone of everything that I am and do. So I tell folks I am a modern day Forrest Gump because I just drifted in the wind and landed here. (laughs) And so I look at the future not with fear. I look at it with excitement and anticipation because it is a present It has been a present and the reception I received from my time on the circle has been so affirming that I am doing exactly what I need to be doing. Being a gay man, it's pretty difficult to thrust yourself onto national TV, mind you, global television like the circle, because it is global all around the world. And the the, the messages I received from all parts of the world have affirmed to me that this is the calling. The calling is to be a big, gay, silly, Hispanic faithful, fabulous, and functioning human being. <laughs> and here we are. And I was going to ask on that, like uh, with the, you know, the positive role you're trying to do for the LGBT community, um, you know, in your media role, I, I think I remember you saying one time, like, uh, was it, was that like a rough transition coming out of the closet, um, you know, into these roles? Well, coming out of the closet was rough for me because I come from a very traditional Latin household. My dad is from Durango, Mexico. And honey, when I came out of the closet, he took it really, really hard. I didn't come out. I busted out of the closet. I was leaving a party in Oak Cliff and I had the biggest crush on the guy throwing the party. And when my dad picked me up, he was like, I don't want you hanging around these people no more. Do you see what's here? 
And I thought to myself, well, shit, there's no way I'm never not going to see my crush again. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm fucking gay, too. And that's how I came out in the back of his Bronco back in 2003, <laughs> I believe. And I never went back in. Now, my mom was more cool because my mom comes from the 80s. She was a model back then, Tina Turner impersonator, aspiring to do all that stuff. So she's open-minded. And so that was the rough patch for me, getting my dad to warm up to it. But luckily, there was balance because of my mom. But once I came out, I felt it liberating and free. And I didn't have to hide who I was no more of anything. I started to flourish. And for me, being part of the LGBTQIA plus community is a strength, not a weakness. And so I carry it with honor. And wherever I have landed in my career, I showcase it with honor. And I think we are such amazing, colorful, artistic and talented people. We bring something to the world that is so unique that I used it as a blessing and not something that was hindering me or a handicap. So it never was something I was afraid to showcase. If anything, I was like, bam, high kick into the room. <laughs> yeah. Like with that being said, because I know you touch up earlier on the idea of um, when you're going through depression at 14 and you kind of looked mm -hmm. at your faith. Are there, you know, a lot of people in the LGBT community that uh, you know, have faith or, uh, you know, are, I guess, huge Christian figures? In mainstream entertainment and media, not that I have seen, not that I have seen. Uh, sure, I'm sure there's millions and thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions mm -hmm. of uh, LGBTQIA plus Christians out there. But in the mainstream, I I have not really seen. I do know of a young man who does go around colleges uh, speaking about Christianity and being gay, and he's a very powerful, influential person. Uh, other than him, I haven't really seen many folks out there doing that. And mm -hmm. I didn't intend to be on Netflix and... and uh, I, my time on there wasn't like an act. I wasn't doing this as an act like, oh, I'm gay. I believe in God. It is who I am. And the way it reverberated through the world created something that I'm still seeing to this day. And I'm very thankful God used me in that way because it has given a lot of people a sense of hope that they too can be loved. It's funny, I'm, I, we're talking about this because just this morning, <laughs> I get a message from a young man in New York who's struggling with his sexuality and faith. And he was mm -hmm. telling me that his grandparents tell him he's going to hell for being gay. And so I took it upon myself to give him encouraging words of truth that, no, God loves you exactly the way you are. God is love. And we can't even fathom just how big of a scope that is, how much God actually loves us. And for grandparents to do that to children, it's very toxic because God wouldn't send them to hell for the fucked up shit they've done. You know, why would God send this one person to hell just because of who he loves organically? You know, people need to stop making God so small and make him big the way he is and stop sending people to hell like if they're God, you know? No, mm -hmm. I mean, God loved the world, loves the world so much. That's why he sent his son to die for us. God's love, we can't even, we can't even imagine just how big it is. So for those people out there listening, yes, God loves you, honey. There are people that have done some really fucked up shit throughout history, like evil, evil, evil things. And God's love is so big. Maybe 
he can even forgive those people for what they've done. So us folks who are in this community who are just simply loving someone of the same sex, not hurting no one, just literally loving somebody with all our hearts and wanting the best for them. Honey, God knows our hearts and he knows what love is and love is a beautiful thing and it covers a multitude of sins that we're going to start preaching up in here. (laughs) I I kind of like how you kind of said earlier, you know, about the, uh, about just kind of being, staying true to yourself and, you know, kind of your faith and, uh, you know, that being such a big part of you, like when it came to the circle show and, you know, I, I guess if you want to touch up on like the concept behind the show, but, you know, within the show, you have like fake media personalities versus, you know, authentic media personalities. And I was kind of wondering on, you know, has the show changed your perspective on, you know, sm- social media and like people's personalities behind the screen? Not really. Uh, not really, because we all know there's catfishes out in the world. We all know there's people parading as somebody else. And and that's whatever they're going through. But for the most part, I, I still I love social media. It's fun. Of course, you know, it has its ups and downs. But for the most part, it is because of social media that I'm sitting here on your show right now. It has truly changed my life for the better in a positive way. And I intend to use it because it is a tool to do good because I don't know when I'm going to leave this world. And I intend on leaving this planet on a high note. (laughs) In the show, was there... I guess any strategies you had for yourself on like being able to tell if someone's like being like, if that's a real person or if that's a catfish. I wasn't too focused on if someone was a catfish or not. I know it is fun being like that bitch is a catfish. But for the most part, I my strategy was just to be exactly who I was, who I've always been. Very fair, very open. I didn't care if somebody was a catfish or not. I was having a blast talking to whoever it was that I was talking to. And those connections is what mattered to me. So I was literally having the time of my life on this show. I was kicking on the internet like I do now. And I'm so happy I got to the point I got on the show. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who's not seen it because to this day, I still get messages from people like, I know I'm late, but I'm just tuning in. And oh my gosh, I I hope this and that. So to all those who haven't seen it, um, I'm not going to ruin it. (laughs) But I'm very grateful for how, I'll just say this, how far I got. (laughs) I wanted to like ask about kind of earlier with your earlier experiences, like with MZV Live, mm-hmm. was like the idea of like being able to speak on the spot, like come natural for you? Or was there any strategies you had to have on like being able to, I, I guess not like feel the pressure, you know, live on air? Back in those days, uh, I was aware that dead air is not good air. I was aware to always keep the fun going, keep the energy up and keep the conversation flowing. And thankfully, you know, my scholastic life and all that taught me how to carry on conversation. Honey, I grew up in the 90s before everybody was addicted to the phone. So all we had was each other. So I still know how to get down with the get down in a good old kiki. So that came easy to me. These days, when we were filming The Circle, more of my faith kicked in so that I don't go into my head. Uh, I've evolved more into my faith since the circle and before the circle. And so when I went on the show to have that many cameras on you and to have in your mind that the whole world is about to watch this, 
I kept my Zed and my cool because there are Bible verses that I rely on that tell me that it's not even me that's speaking, but it's the power of God speaking through me. And that allows me to escape myself and not put pressure on myself, but to rely on the higher power that's working through me in this moment. And so I can take stress off and I can just enjoy myself. And that's why when I was doing the show, you'll see that I'm literally just enjoying myself. I'm not in a fit of anxiety or second guessing or questioning much of what I'm saying, because in those moments I had entered a state of surrender and I allowed myself to just be used by God and whatever came out, came out. People have asked me in radio interviews, where do all these liners come from that you come up with all these jokes and stuff? Honey, God has a sense of humor because they were just dropping out of me out of the blue. And so that's that's a big blessing. And I use those verses to this day whenever I do live appearances on stage or in front of audiences and I have to talk to a lot of people. I just say, God, speak through me and let's do it. Your will be done, not mine. And it allows you to enjoy the moment without second guessing and questioning everything you're doing. <laughs> so when you like walked into the circle and there's that many cameras, I-, I guess, do you prefer like being able to kind of have like your hands off and being able to just focus on performing or do you like having like your hand in like the behind the scenes and being able to like touch <laughs> up on the camera work or, you know, anything behind the scenes? In, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, I am a huge, I love to have my fingers and toes and elbows and everything, but I understand that in, in a reality show that big or when someone has asked you to come host or something, they're in control of editing and all that, which is fun because less stress on me, right? But in a perfect world, I do want to have my hands and everything and how things look, how things are edited, how things sound. I love all that. Uh, you know, I'm a Virgo. I don't really believe much in horoscopes. I just, for fun, I'll say I'm a Virgo and Virgos are control freaks. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. so, like when you kind of bring up like being able to, you know, touch up on every aspect of the media, mm-hmm. I kind of want to ask like on the YouTube channel, was mm-hmm. there anything that like was very time consuming or like hard to do that like um, you didn't realize until like you were one hundred percent in control of the process? Like you kind of mentioned, like you know, the e- was the editing like you know much harder than you expected, or was like the film work or the camera setup? Uh, was there anything that like stands out? Editing, editing is the most time consuming thing in the universe. I oh excuse me. I um, would literally sit at my computer for six to seven hours just to edit a four minute video. And that's because when I do anything and put it out into the world, I love to put things out that are at the top notch quality that I'm afforded at that moment. I love production. I love colors. I love sounds. I love a show. And so doing the Chris Sapphire show, I, of course, filmed it. I sound edited it. I was creating the graphics for it, pulling them off the Internet. So every single detail, I was doing that. I was doing that. Now, the intro, I did film it and edit it. I had a voiceover artist uh, do the, the intro for me. But other than that, I would sit there and make every single show happen. And it was a full-time job. And so God willing... And down the road, I'm trying to manifest. Here we go. You heard it here first. 
when the good Lord blesses me, God willing, if it's in his plan to have an actual The Chris Sapphire show on national or international TV, I still want to have my hands in everything. <laughs> I'll be like, no, we need this to look this way, this way, this way. But I'm going to, of course, do it with love because I have an idea of what is fun. And I have an idea of what's fun and what works and what people want to see. And that's why I like to have a bit of control and everything. But yeah, definitely to answer your question, editing takes forever, ever. And that's why doing the circle is fun because you don't have to edit it. You're just there, do your thing, and it's in God's hands. (laughs) (laughs) So like with, uh, you know, you said um, time being like the idea of a new show and like creating, you know, fully your own original content. Is there anything that would go into that that you haven't tried yet that you'd be very interested in uh, getting involved with? You know, if like if uh, if budget was no discussion, if budget was no discussion, would there be something extra I'd like to do for shows? Uh, Oh, my gosh. Yes. If budget was no discussion. Honey, I would love to have a show where I'm traveling the country, traveling the world, live on location in different cities, showing people fun spots, fun areas. I'm a huge foodie, so I would love to have cooking segments, invite celebrities over to come hang out with me and cook with me and chat with me. And I would love a talk show, love a talk show, one where you're out in the world, in studio, all over the place. It's a it's showcasing this world of fun and positivity to the universe. Now that, I mean, honey, to, to have it to those levels though. Yeah. It takes a lot of money. So <laughs> uh, tons of money. Yeah. Like with travel, what was like with the circle, did you, was that like in London or which area was that in? We filmed the show in the United Kingdom in Manchester. And this was in 2019. We filmed my season and it debuted January 1st of 2020. Now, let me tell you for everybody listening, a quick little testimony that's going to blow you away. Every now and then in my life, I get a sensation within me, a, a really huge conviction that something is about to happen. In the beginning of 2019, mind you, I had never flown overseas. I had never left the United States. I had a weird feeling early in the year and I told my mom one day, I said, mom, you know what? I think I need to get a passport because I feel God is going to send me around the world this year. And just the way I said it, it manifested too. We got the passport. Never did we know a few months later, I'd be flying to the United Kingdom to go film the circle. And just like I said, the feeling manifested. And just like I told my friend that I would leave that job and go get a TV job, it manifested. Everything I have ever wanted to do has manifested because of faith. And, you know, the, the, the secret is no secret at all. It says in the Bible, ask God, believe you received it, and it will be yours. <laughs> and I live by that. And that's why I don't fear the future because I know, you know, God willing, God willing, God willing, the, the things I want to do, like the Chris Sapphire show, like have my own makeup line, like have my own chips and salsa line, my own clothing line, all that. I feel will be possible. And in some small way, it already has manifested. I had a, a, a limited edition line with Merrick Richard that sold well, in my opinion. It was my first time doing something like that. We did a limited run because a lot of the fans wanted merch with my sayings on it, and that went well. I just landed the cover of a magazine called Style Cruise Magazine. And so many things are just taking off. The Netflix calling me to come host Extra Circle. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I feel the wheel is starting to turn here, honey. (laughs) 
the the thing that stood out of of that was the of like the projects you want to take off was the chips and salsa like mm-hmm. your own brand behind that i was kind of mm-hmm. wondering like are you uh huge into like spicy foods or oh yes i love that question it can never be too spicy i want it to be so spicy that it burns coming out honey on the other end because these days that's the only action i get <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so bad i need holy water <laughs> yeah how, how do you think you would do on uh hot ones Actually, Hot Ones and I linked up on Twitter many, many months ago in regards to a newer show that they have on TV or had on TV at that time. But I would love to do Hot Ones. Uh, A lot of the fans of the circle were like, Chris needs to go on Hot Ones because they know I love spicy food. And I think I would murder Hot Ones. Probably not even flinch or squint or squeal or swear or anything. I love spicy food. They ain't ready for me yet. (laughs) What's Has there been any like restaurants that have like... uh... Made you squirm a little bit with the spices or anything close? Uh, not that comes to mind at the moment. Not that comes to mind at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that restaurants, some have great salsa. Others could use some help. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. I've not been to a restaurant yet where I'm like, whoosh, whoosh. Not yet. I'm still waiting mm-hmm. for the invitation. <laughs> is there any like celebrities that like have their own like chips like sponsorship or brand or something i am aware that selena the legendary singer selena the original selena her uh widower if that's the correct word chris perez just launched his own line of hot sauces and they can be mm. found i believe at heb grocery stores and that's so inspiring for me because it's going so well for him and i love salsa and spices so much that i could literally spend the rest of my life enjoying that kind of life creating spicy food for the world because i know not only in my culture but many cultures around the world people really like spicy stuff and when you go to the store and you buy a salsa and it says hot on it or flaming hot and you go home and try it it's not even hot at all it doesn't even make you sweat or breathe and huff and puff or none of that i want to be that person that creates delicious salsa that tastes like you're at a restaurant, but that brings the fire, the joy, the zest, and just makes you roll your eyes back like you're possessed with ecstasy of love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess to kind of, uh, you know, wrap the episode up, I wanted to honestly just ask, um, you know, we kind of mentioned like a few of the projects, but is there any like upcoming, uh, you know, that we could put links for in the podcast episode that you know you're very excited about um you know moving forward all i want to say is for everyone out there feel free to follow me on all my social media platforms instagram twitter facebook tiktok if you google the name chris sapphire they all pop up there that way it's very easy for you guys to find me i'll say stay tuned You never know who's going to walk in through that circle door, honey. (laughs) And cheers to the future. I'm very thankful. I have an amazing agent right now. And I'm so grateful for all the companies that have reached out wanting to do collaborations with me or or, uh, brand deals and all that. And so I'm just riding that Forrest Gump wave. And I'm excited to see where the feather lands. (laughs) Which uh, I guess right now, 2020, 2021, if you have a Forrest Gump story, is there like a specific scene that you would say you're in right now? Right now, mm-hmm. I would say that I'm probably playing ping pong all over the world. 
Okay, that's a pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. I'm um, right now taking over the world of ping pong like he was, and who knows what the future holds. Man, you know it's weird. He was taking over the world of ping pong, and then he ends up in the world of shrimp, the shrimp business. Here I'm doing one thing, and then tomorrow I'm in the world of food, and that's weird. We just talked about how I want to do salsa, mm-hmm. so hey, there's a little parallel there. <laughs> so cheers to the future, everybody, and I want everybody to know that there is no dream too big for God. And dream big, pray big, because God creates universes, honey, multiverses. He creates you and brings life to things that otherwise would have no life. So ask with a lot of faith, believe, and yes, he loves you, honey. Even though we're all sinners, he still loves you. That's why he came here to rescue us. So live your life, have faith, enjoy it. You only get one. Love people. If you're having a rough day, just know that'll pass. Keep your head up and keep going, honey, because if I can make it through, you can make it through. And yes, God is good even in the hood. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you again, Chris. Uh, you know, I thought it was a really cool conversation. I, not just like your experiences, but just kind of like the, I think the perspective you're able to give on just like media and radio personalities, like social media, kind of, uh, you know, how someone can get involved with uh, programs like that. And I think, you know, it'll be a really cool episode people like to listen to if they're, you know, trying to get into those fields. Oh, of course, honey. Do it, everybody. If you have an idea, do it. God says he gives you the desire and the power to accomplish what he's put in your heart. So if you want to be in media, you want to be on TV and radio, start doing it now and watch somebody from the CW call you. And that is the power of ask, believe, receive. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Platinum Mask Podcast. Stay connected with us directly through theplatinummask.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at graymask12. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through maskgrayson at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, raise a glass to success, no matter how you define it.